Hello and welcome back to Across the States, the premier state policy podcast, courtesy of the American Legislative Exchange Council. I'm your host, Matt Fisher. As always, it's great to have you back with us today as ALEC prepares for its annual meeting in Atlanta this July. Across the States is highlighting as its state legislator of the month, Georgia Senator John Albers. Senator Albers is a strong supporter of ALEC and will be active in our planning efforts for the 2022 annual meeting. He has represented the 56th district of Georgia since 2011, which includes portions of Fulton and Cherokee counties. Senator Albers has long been an active member of his community, serving as a coach at the Roswell Area Park Youth Athletics Program. And more importantly, most important and impressive, he's a fourth-generation firefighter serving as a volunteer in the Alpharetta and member of the Georgia Firefighters Association. In fact, in 2011, 2013, and 2017, Senator Albers was named Legislator of the Year. Legislator of the Year by the Georgia State Firefighters Association and the Georgia Association of Fire Chiefs. He was also recognized last year and in 2018 for outstanding service by Georgia Association of Police Chiefs. Indeed, he's been recognized by numerous organizations as well, including the National Federation of Independent Business. And now it's our honor to recognize him today here on ALEC as our January State Legislator of the Month. Senator Albers, welcome to Across the States. I'm excited to have you on. How are you doing today? Matt, thank you so much. I'm excited to participate today and look forward to a great conversation. Absolutely. Now, I should also mention joining us as well is our Vice President of Public Affairs here at ALEC, the great Bill Ashworth, who is here joining us today as well, to whom we owe the credit for getting us connected here, Senator Albers. Bill, how are you doing? I'm great. And Matthew, you are so very generous. Thank you for putting this together. And thank you to Senator Albers for his time and his great work in Atlanta. I couldn't do so either one of you, so I appreciate you both being here. Senator Albers, we are again delighted to have you on today on Across the States, and I'm an honor to have you as our Legislator of the Month for January. So for our listeners who are interested, just go ahead and introduce yourself to them. Uh, I know I already commented a little bit on your background and what you've done for the state of Georgia, but go ahead and let our listeners know who you are and what you do for your state and constituents. Well, thank you, Matt. You know, first, I just want to say thank you to you, to Bill, to Lisa and all of the ALEC team, the tremendous resource that you provide to each one of us throughout the country serving in the state Senate and state houses and assemblies is really invaluable. It's an honor to serve in elected office. This is my 12th year representing folks in the northern suburbs of the Atlanta area in uh, Fulton, Cobb and Cherokee County. I chair public safety with my background, but I'm also very active in tax policy, vice chairing the finance committee. I uh, am one of the subcommittee chairmen of our appropriations committee, managing a big part of our budget. And then I work very closely on our rules committee, regulated industries, as well as education. And I serve as the chief deputy whip for the Georgia State Senate as well. So I get to play a lot of roles, but my most important role is uh, the experience sometimes that I get to bring and influence the work I do. I'm honored to be a small business owner as well as a corporate executive. I think the value of having a citizen's legislature is so important because all of us have to have real jobs outside of uh, serving an elected office. And having the experience and understanding of signing the front of a paycheck, not just the back of a paycheck, I believe really uh, sets us apart. And in Georgia, we are really fortunate with 2.6% unemployment, the lowest it has ever been in the history of the state, the best of all the large states, and candidly, one of the best in the nation. We are well poised to continue to thrive in our state of Georgia. That's great to hear, Senator. I know oftentimes, you know, being from a larger state myself in Ohio, 
We grow jealous of states like Georgia, especially, that have the good economic growth and priorities straight. Now, obviously, the legislature's convened here. It's, you know, beginning of the year. Elections are coming up in November. What are some of the main issues that are being considered in session right now by the legislature? As the chief deputy whip, what can you tell us we can expect coming down the pipeline at the legislature soon? Great question, Matt. We are focused on a variety of different things because Governor Kemp has done such an extraordinary job for Georgia and opened our state back up early, we are seeing a boon in state revenue. So we are working actively on being able to return tax dollars back to citizens, and at the same time, investing in the areas that we think are most important for our state. We're also looking at doing cross-the-board tax cuts of lowering our income tax. We're also making sure that our parents are actively engaged and have a say in their kids' education. We've unfortunately seen a wave of divisive topics that have been brought into the classroom that we want to make sure stay sacred. There is no room for politics or any of those divisive methods in the classroom in Georgia. So we're going to protect that. We're also going to make sure that in Georgia, we stay a good, strong, conservative, fair-minded, valued state. And that involves all the policy that we do, whether it involves people's wallets, it involves their businesses, their families, or their day-to-day lives. And I'm working on some several key important pieces of legislation to ensure that as well. Bill, follow-up? Thanks, Matthew. And, you know, maybe that's a good segue, Matthew. Senator, talk to us a little about some of your legislative initiatives this year and what you're hoping to accomplish in the legislature. Yeah, thank you, Bill. I've got quite a heavy load of legislation this year that I'm working on as well as uh, budget items. I want to bring up just a few, though, that I'm particularly passionate about. The first one is called the Informed Consumer Act. This is uh, in response to organized retail crime, which has been just a real national problem that we've seen everywhere. Most everyone has seen it on the news. Organized retail crime has caused $69 billion in losses nationally. We are That's unbelievable. Oh, yeah, the the numbers are staggering. And you've seen it on the news, everything from cars pulling up in front of a a retail store, running in, smashing and grabbing it, to folks that are are doing it through tractor trailers or or logistics centers. Then they're reselling it. And most of the time, they're reselling it through online marketplaces. You know, not too many years ago, they didn't exist. And when uh, a thief stole something, they typically went to a pawn shop. And we had to put normal protocols in place to make sure that if someone went to put something at a pawn shop to uh, sell it that was illegal, that we captured all their information. We had ID, and should they be a bad actor, we could go get them. Well, we're going to do the same thing now for the online marketplaces to make sure we're not facilitating those problems. And this is a serious crime, not just for the dollars, but it's also a health risk. As you can imagine, when someone steals a tractor trailer of baby formula, and if it's out in the sun in the 90-degree heat, and spoils, but then it is sold as being new, we could harm children aside from the other many problems. So this is a great piece of legislation. I'm very proud of working with a broad coalition of folks, not just in Georgia, but really across the entire nation. One other bill that I'm very proud of is the Protecting Georgia Businesses and Workers Act. We have found that, unfortunately, some of our friends on the West Coast and the Northeast and other areas are having local cities and counties implement labor laws, so much to the fact that they are mandating how much work they do, not by the hour, but by what they quantify for work, and then forcing them to either pay a a higher rate, double or triple time 
unless they are organized labor and go into a union. So it's basically a forced unionization by local cities and counties. Now, my posture has always been that people have the freedom to do those things by themselves, but there's in no way should they ever be forced to do that. In Georgia, we've been the number one place to do business for eight years in a row. That's a record. Nobody's ever done that before. And we want to keep it that way. And we want to make sure that everybody stays in their lane where labor laws happen from the state and the federal level. And we keep our cities and counties focused on their mission at hand. And then there's one more I'd like to mention, if I could, uh, Matt and Bill. And that one is very personal to me. In August of 2020, we almost lost my older son, Will. He uh, unfortunately went to renal failure. Both his kidneys had failed completely. And we were put in a very challenging position, certainly for him first and our whole family, where at age 24, he had to go into dialysis. Thank God, though, 11 months later, on July 21st of just this last year, about seven months ago, I donated my kidney to my son, Will. And I'm proud to report that he is 100% healed and I am 100% recovered. We learned through that process, which is very difficult, very challenging to navigate, certainly extraordinarily emotional, that we are fortunate. My wife and I are well-educated. We are super type A personalities and pretty well-connected. And not everybody has those blessings and benefits. So I introduced the Giving the Gift of Life Act, which we passed as the first bill out of the Senate unanimously. It was a very humbling moment with all my fellow senators to do that. And it does three important things that are going to encourage people to be living organ donors. I work with the National Kidney Foundation several other national groups, as well as hospitals, doctors, and other families to make sure that nobody could ever lose their life insurance should they be donating a kidney or liver, also increasing a tax exemption to help them out with any cost to them, and lastly, a tax credit for our businesses so those donors and recipients can take up to six weeks off and not lose their job, have to go on leave, or have to use up all their vacation and sick time. What's really special about this bill is it's the first time I can tell you that not only are we going to save people's lives, but it saves the state money. The average person who is in that type of need is $250,000 a year of medical care. Wow. Once a transplant occurs, it's less than one-tenth of that. And most of those costs are covered under Medicaid and Medicare. So it's just a great piece of legislation. And when I pass it there, I'm going to be working with with you and the ALEC team to help create some model legislation for that, because I want to pass it in 49 more states and ultimately save hundreds of thousands of people's lives. And I want the organ donation list down to zero. Can I just jump in here, Matt? That is just such a moving story, Senator. It's just, absolutely. first of all, I'm just couldn't be happier to hear about your son. I have a son named Will too. And It's difficult not to see providence in your story that uh, you were in a position after having to go through this horrible challenge to be able to actually now make a difference in other people's lives. It's so moving and congratulations and could not be more happy for you and your family. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's such good news to hear about Will, but also even more that such good came out of a difficult situation. I know many families in Georgia will be better off for it and hopefully other states can follow the model of the Giving the Gift of Life Act. Looking forward ahead to this next few months, from your constituents, obviously, all these issues matter to them especially, but what are some of the additional questions that your constituents, your 
the people who you trust and the people who trust you, what are those issues that you're hearing that matter to them aside from these areas? What are some things that you think they're going to be talking about in Georgia and also nationally beyond just this year, but over the next few years? You know, I think Georgia has always been on the forefront of a lot of issues. And what we're feeling right now, which is very concerning to really every family and every business, I call them those kitchen table issues, is the skyrocketing inflation. It's impacting everything that we see. And I think a lot of that is self-induced. I'm very concerned about the federal government and the lack of leadership that's coming out of the federal government right now by causing us to have escalating prices across the board. You know, certainly some of those you could relate back to COVID, but, you know, we used to be energy independent. We aren't anymore. That makes prices go up. And we know when gas prices go up, everything goes up. You know, we uh, unfortunately have not done a good job with our logistics and bringing things back in the country. We have border crises, et cetera. So in my home state of Georgia, the people that I represent are concerned that those policies and problems are going to continue to work their way in Georgia. Crime is another big issue right now. We have seen crime escalate since the summer of 2020 at alarming rates, specifically in our big cities. And usually, again, that's a lack of leadership and not supporting our police officers. In Georgia, we unapologetically back our law enforcement and all of our first responders. We are there for them, and we know those men and women put their life on the line every day. And lastly, I'd say just to encompass that, we have been the great melting pot of the South for a very long time. As the eighth largest state of the union, we added over a million people in the last census. A lot of people come to Georgia because it's a great place to live. It's a great place to work, a great place to raise your family. And with that, though, we are getting folks that are moving in from all corners of the country to Georgia. And we like to use a phrase sometime, don't California our Georgia. <laughs> and that really goes behind the thought process of you moved here for a reason and don't vote in the problems that you escaped from. We welcome you. We want you to become Georgia peaches. We want you to become part of our family. But let's make sure we stay uniquely Georgia because we're really proud of where we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bill, any follow up on that? Yeah. I mean, Senator, you are right in sort of the sweet spot of so many of these issues that you've just talked about. And I really think there's a lot of crossover. I mean, being a small business owner, you mentioned earlier that you really focus a lot on small business and small businesses in Georgia. Tell me about how the lockdowns and the pandemic have you know, affected those small businesses, you know, how you know, the state has been trying to uh, help them you know, start getting back in business again. I mean, obviously, facing headwinds like you just mentioned, crime, logistics problems, inflation, you know, the forced unionization issue, and even online retail theft. It seems like all of these things are headwinds for small businesses. And, you know, how can legislators help them rebound from what has been a very difficult past two years? Bill, in Georgia, we have taken a different approach than most other states. If you remember back in April of 2020, the whole country was locked down and Georgia was the very first state to open up. And thanks to the extraordinary leadership by Governor Brian Kemp, he took heat from everybody, the left, the right, you name it. But what he actually did was he followed the numbers and the science. He put out protocols and he said, I trust Georgians. I trust our business owners. He put in parameters, gave people the tools they needed to be successful. 
And what happened is, is we set the model for other states to follow. And because of that, we had folks that finished out 2022 that seemed like it was going to be a catastrophe better than they did the year before. So our small businesses are thriving. In fact, our biggest problem right now, similar to other areas, is we can't find enough people to work. With 2.6% unemployment, we're in such good shape. The war for talent is fairly extraordinary right now. So I think that what we have done, both from Governor Kemp and then us in the legislature, is worked together to constantly roll out the red carpet to make sure that we're giving the tools that businesses need. That's a less of a burden from regulations that don't make any sense, moving things more digital, and we can do that, obviously lowering their tax burdens. And, you know, I'm a big believer in what Ronald Reagan said, which was the greatest social program ever created was a job. Yeah. And having people both trained, ready, and a job working with our K through 12 technical college and college systems to make sure we have a great workforce are all those key ingredients to the recipe that has made Georgia so successful. Thank you, Senator. I had forgotten that, uh, you know, Georgia, yeah, was one of the first states uh, to reopen, like South, like the Dakotas and Florida. I think that's going to be a real interesting data point, like in the next two years, when you sort of look at the long-term data and the employment rates and the growth rates of those different states, the ones who stayed open versus the ones who had, uh, who had locked down. So thank you for leading the way, Georgia. Well, and Bill, you know, I think it's very clear right now, if you just pull up the unemployment rates by state, you know, you'll see the areas like New York, New Jersey, California that are in the six plus percents of unemployment, which is recession level. And here we are in Georgia at 2.6%. I think the evidence is, uh, is very clear as to the results. Absolutely. You know, Georgia definitely has been getting more and more attention for its economic productivity and growth, but also for its politics. Now, Georgia, of course, did for the first time in a while go blue in the 2020 presidential election. And a lot of pundits are already focusing on 2022. Obviously, there's the U.S. Senate election with Raphael Warnock up for re-election. There are congressional elections, numerous national figures up for re-election. And there's also the gubernatorial race involving, of course, Governor Kemp, Stacey Abrams, Purdue, and more. What's your outlook right now? What's your read of the current state of play in Georgia politics going into 2022? Because a lot will hinge, a lot will matter in what happens on Georgia, Senate control, the Senate, the House, and beyond. What's your read on things? Well, Matt, I'm going to answer that in two parts. And the first part's going to, to rewind the clock a little bit to 2020. In 2020, if you looked at Georgia state senators, we won the state by 53.7%. That's a landslide. So I argue right now that Georgia is not blue. It is not purple. It's actually still red. Part of that is our messaging and what we put out in order to do that. Right now, I think we have certainly seen it in Georgia, and now you're seeing it across the nation. The question is, are we going to have a red wave or a red tsunami coming this November? And uh, right now, I think it's a red tsunami. Unfortunately, the policies of the left have failed across the board. And I think that that's evident by everything we have seen out of Washington, D.C. in this past 13 months. Starting in order, you know, certainly with the Senate race, we're going to win that Senate seat back out no matter who our nominee is, because Georgians expect to have representation that fits their values and results. I am confident that Governor Brian Kemp will win the primary and handily defeat Abrams. Again, he's done a phenomenal job. All our polling shows that, but just the end of the day, he's done the right thing, and I think voters will reward him for that. 
And then we've got the rest of our statewide elected officers up. We've got uh, some congressional seats. We will win back the Georgia 6th district seat. Whoever ends up being the victor of that primary will win back as well. And I believe we're going to pick up quite a few other seats as well in the House of Representatives and the state Senate. Across the board, I think it's going to be a positive year for folks who are looking for good, conservative, rational leadership that really fits into the core of what both Georgia and the nation is all about. We definitely need more of that. Bill, any follow-up? No, none for me. I just, you know, Senator Elvish, it's been great listening to your story, to your priorities. You've just been doing a tremendous job, and we're just, we're just so happy to count you as an ALEC member. Well, Bill, I want to tell you how thankful I am to all the wonderful service Alice provides to us. I remember my, my first ALEC conference uh, back, and I think it was 2010 or 11 now, down in New Orleans, and just simply amazed at the breadth of knowledge and wisdom from both uh, the members of the ALEC team, but also the opportunity to network with my fellow legislators in all the other states. And really, it's an invaluable resource to us. And I can't thank you enough for the opportunity you provide to us. Well, you are an invaluable member of ALEC and someone we and the state of Georgia appreciates. Senator John Albers, thank you for joining us today on Across States. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Take care. And thank you to our listeners for joining us for another edition of Across the States. As always, I'm your host, Matt Fisher, and I'll see you again next time for more of the Premier State Policy Podcast. Thank you for listening to Across the States, the leading state-focused policy podcast presented by the American Legislative Exchange Council, the premier free market organization of and for legislators. To learn more about our work or to make a tax-deductible donation, visit alec.org. Tell us what you think on Facebook and Twitter at Alec States. The views and opinions expressed on Across the States are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the American Legislative Exchange Council.